0: Okay, guys, we've got an addendum to uh, my ramblings earlier about nostalgia audio blogs. I'm sat in the sunshine at Sky Sports with Sky Sports broadcaster Adam Leventile. But I guess, Adam, it's good to see you, by the way, after a four-hour shift together. It's, not it's great to be nothing here. Nothing new. <laughs> great, great to see you. Lovely to see you. Um, but it's not kind of what we're going to talk about is presenting today. We're going to talk about your second career, which you kind of deal in football nostalgia, don't you, as a book editor and and commissioner. Tell us about about that kind of side of your your life.
1: Yeah, so I've got um, a publishing company called Tales From, and it all started um, basically with my involvement in a a Watford book series, which was Tales from the Vicarage. I'm a Watford fan. Um, And over the first couple of volumes of that series, um, it became apparent that there was a, a real desire for football fans to as we know sort of revel in in nostalgia yeah and look back to you know the good old days or or some challenging times in in the past and uh, 2014 uh i set up a, a company uh called tales from and that's that's where it all started four years ago and we broadened it out to um more than just Watford we, we wanted to sort of scale it up to a couple of different sized okay. teams so we had Watford at that stage we were averaging around 15,000 so we wanted to get a slightly bigger club and we went for Norwich who were averaging around 26,000 similar shirts no theme there similar, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we just start with all yellow then we went to Borussia no we didn't get um, and then Sunderland as well so they were averaging a, a lot more at that stage um, so we, we broadened it out to a couple more teams and it's just been really interesting learning about different Teams, their fans, their culture, and having you know launch events where we get the, the players and, and managers that are featured in the books. Mm-hmm. at those are launch events and um, yeah, it's sort of gone from strength to strength, and then this year we've, we've brought it out to, to one other club. We're doing a, a Leeds book this year. Um, so it's yeah, it, it's, it's a fascinating sort of extra string to my bow as far as I'm concerned it's fascinating for them. no no I
0: think it's interesting for most club people certainly their own clubs we were talking about national team nostalgia uh, earlier mm. and about England and there's definitely there's breakthrough tournaments that people have you can see it on social media reminiscing it's usually well, I don't know between the ages of 6 and 10 you have that breakthrough tournament for, for me it was Italian 90 I remember vividly being in the living room with my mum saying you know don't cry if they lose to West Germany obviously I did cry after <laughs> after went out, I was 8 I think or, or just turned 9 but what is it? Is there a sweet spot for nostalgia from your experience? Is it when people are a certain age as fans? I guess it's when maybe your lives are a bit freer. Typically, teenage boys have always been aficionados of, of clubs. And those, My friends and I were talking about Premier League starting 11s that we can still remember from sort of 93, 94 seasons and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think that I think you're right. And I, I was speaking to my wife about it and um, because my son now is six and we were talking about the fact that he has now got this amazing ability to remember things yeah. from absolutely nowhere or appearing to be absolutely nowhere. <laughs> I, I would struggle to remember the stuff that, that he um, remembers. Like For example, we were down in, um, in Devon on holiday with some friends and during the Six Nations there was an England game on in the background against Wales um, and I'm, I'm going to forget what the score was now. I think it was 26-13 or 16th, I, I can't I can't even remember what the score was. But then randomly the other day, we were talking about England rugby, him, him and I, and he said, oh yeah, that was a game that England uh, won, uh, whatever the score was, I can't remember yeah. what it was. I was like, I'm going to check this on my phone. I can't believe that you've remembered this game that was just going on in the background. My point being that at this stage of young people's lives, from sort of 6 to 10 to 15, before you start really getting into anything other than girls or boys yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah whatever it is you're into um, and your your mind starts to wander to sort of um, what's the word extracurricular exploits um, you have an amazing ability to to remember things and i think that that's where that nostalgia comes from because you will always remember um, as you were growing up the first things can that remember you the feelings to see. and emotions can't you as well yeah, as the, the yeah and the, and also the, the snapshot moments where where you were yeah, um, and I remember the same as you with Italia 90 my, my mum and also my dad they were both tour directors so they were often away during the summer for quite long periods of time for sort of weeks and then two weeks and we'd have nannies or au pairs um, and I remember that my mum would be going out on tour and would be going to some of the locations in Italy um, and she brought me back the little footics yeah um, logo emblem thing on a on a key <laughs> ring and would be sort of during the tournament going away and coming back and saying oh i watched this game whilst you were at home and i it was and, the, and the, obviously the soundtrack ness and Dorma, my dad was actually big into opera wow. um so he was uh he he was aware of it already so it's quite <laughs> interesting getting his his um thoughts on ness and Dorma and the fact that all these all these englishmen were now experts on opera because they'd heard uh, ness and Dorma but um no, I'd, you know Italian '90, I think for me, was was the one that really just flicked the switch in terms of that amazing, amazing tournament. It was just it was just a, a roller coaster of emotions, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's interesting how many people sort of say the first tournament was amazing, but it, with the World Cups in particular, because they're four-year cycles. When I think about it, it charts kind of almost stages of your life, doesn't it? You go from mm. being a kid, your first World Cup, to maybe being a teenager, your second, then. Perhaps you're approaching sort of drinking age. So you might be watching the pub on your third yeah. World Cup. Or you might be watching in the pub in a in a beer garden. Um, do you think the Qatar World Cup? I just wondered this, you know, kind of out loud that whether the fact it's not a summer World Cup for us in the northern hemisphere will that make a difference because we'll be mired in school and work and yeah. it's raining here. Because it, there was a social side to the World Cup, wasn't it? It was exciting. You come, maybe done your exams at the end of the school year, and and there's sort of relaxation of, of everyone in the country.
1: I think look. Let's let's speak candidly about this. <laughs> the Russia World Cup, we know, was a little bit, a little bit whiffy.
0: Yeah, which happened before. But Argentina '78. Yeah, uh, you know,
1: the, the Qatar World Cup, we know, something wasn't quite right about it. I and mean, this is mm. all being played out as we speak. Yeah. And you know, all the FIFA corruption and all that sort of stuff, and and bidding and all that sort of stuff. Look, we know that it's all a bit, it's all a bit odd but out the
0: emotional side of it as a, as a spectator yeah, would be strange but, but it's
1: in the wrong place mm. probably I don't. I, it it is in the wrong place you can't have a, a tournament in the, in the desert in the, the summer yeah exactly so it's, we already know it's in the wrong place literally and it's been moved to the wrong place in the calendar as well simply because it has to be there um, and the World Cup is all about it being in the in the summer so except for Aussies <laughs> New Zealanders it's their winter yeah but not, I suppose not maybe this yet. is just a sort of a a very blinkered view, but I think, you know, the driving force and the the I suppose the most identifiable thing about the World Cup and you, you look at you look at sort of you know Italy winning it four times and, and Germany winning it uh four times as well and Brazil winning it five times. It's always It's always it's, Europe or South America. It is always Europe yeah, or South America, so, isn't it yeah? I don't know, I just, I mean, going back to your point about Qatar, I just think that's, it's just wrong on so many So you don't think levels. that will have
0: the, the powerful, visceral, kind of emotional, notwithstanding the, the allocation of it, but more the, the actual time of year? Because it just seems that, for me, that the World Cup nostalgia is often allied to, to summers, isn't it? And Summer. Celebrating. Pubs,
1: gardens, mates, T-shirts, shorts. Everyone feeling a bit better about themselves because you've got a bit of sun on your back. You might have gone away on holiday. You might be watching it on holiday. You know, it's just got... Yeah, Darren a Goff talked about that actually on
0: the radio the other day. had heard him talk about that, the actual effect of going to, say, Tenerife or somewhere yeah. and watching the game is, uh, is, is fun.
1: Yeah, I, look, it's all about being during the summer. And I'm, I'm just really excited about this World Cup because it's... Um, I think we've... I mean, aside from England, it's just it's just it's just great to be on the verge of seeing all the best players going head to head and you always get you just get random results and you get random heroes popping up you learn about players that you've no real right to know about (laughs) well
0: you've got a six-year-old boy is it still the same for this generation because you hear sort of cynicism that the premier league has usurped it but for me it's still you get that excitement of being almost feeling like a a young boy again when the world cup rolls around because it was always when we were growing up the big show, the, yeah. the, big, the big event where you got, you know, just the, the sunlight, like you talk about the sun, but the, the bright sunshine, the different colours of the World Cup, the way they were shot, different cameras, things like that, it was all, all played into it, didn't it? And the World Cup almost seemed to be above it in terms of viewing than, than club football.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, from a parenthood um, angle now, watching my son just learning and learning about these players that obviously I've been talking about for sort of years and years in my job. Yeah, And I've had no real reason to start mentioning to a, a one or a two or a three-year-old the actual relevance of Harry Kane scoring X amount of goals or the fact that Mohamed Salah is actually becoming this great player. Now, he knows about it already and he's into it. Does the internet is
0: it, help with that, is it? The, the,
1: no, I'd no. Does no, he no. research on that? No, I think no. it's... No, it's watching it. Yeah. It's watching it on, on, on TV. Me, obviously, having an interest in it. But also, it's sort of the extra element looking ahead to, to the World Cup is that both he and my daughter, who's three... They've both got the the Panini sticker books, so they're able to sort of put faces to names. And my daughter, who's three, as I said, wow, she saw um, she had a sticker of Olivier Giroud in the actual Panini book. He's got slightly blonde hair, but then we were watching a game the other day. Um, it was towards the end of the season. She'd already got the got the sticker book. I think it was when he played against Southampton and they came from behind and won. He scored two Chelsea. goals. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. And she she went. I've got him I've got him I was like what how do you what that's Olivier Giroud so it's amazing that they can pick up on these things and they are just like going back to my original point way back when I was banging on about Wales and England and stuff Yeah. they're sponges for information and that's also a reminder for any sort of footballers and people that say that they're not role models kids look up to these yeah. these players and they absorb anything that they do um And rightly or wrongly, whether they are role models off the pitch, they certainly are on the pitch, and when they see them in the you know the pristine uh, surroundings of a Premier League football match with all the branding and all the action mm-hmm. that they have, they follow in the footsteps of what those players are doing, and they want to be like them
0: yeah, and the world the world is definitely going to be watching what 's your tip for the
1: Russian World Cup anything I had an idea the other day, and I've forgotten what it was. It shows how good my memory is um, I quite fancy. Uruguay, yeah, I think they're going to be very powerful. Um, Controversial, and, maybe. Well, yeah, well, I think it. they'll have a good, they'll have a good, good bite go. at the apple. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, Uruguay, France, I think are going to be strong. There's almost a mentality Germ- attached to it, isn't you it? Know, Germany, Germany super Brazil
0: in, in competitions,
1: but then you know. I think we all know that England are going to win the World Cup <laughs> 20 to we're, 1 we're feeling where, it we're feeling where the bookmakers it. got 20 to 1 from. But that seems a bit short it is interesting sort of, everyone's just gone and I hope that this doesn't somehow get into the mentality of the players that everyone is yeah. saying right Oh well they'll get through the group firstly thing, first thing, I think there could be a, a hurdle in there because well, I've seen the a couple Euros, of, you can't
0: really yeah, take anything for granted
1: well yeah I, mean, no, I think we're in a better place and we've got a better plan but I, I, I fancy Tunisia to take some points off someone mm. a, along the way because they, they battled back against Portugal, they beat Turkey, and I watched those games whilst we were and on And they're there. all
0: elite teams, aren't they? There's always, almost yeah. that kind of old, kind of colonial sort of cynicism about other teams because we brought the football to the world, but actually they're all elite they're players. Great,
1: but they've got some great players. Um, Bad- what's his name? Uh, Anis Badri scored a couple of great yeah. goals. So I've seen him. I haven't got his sticker yet. Or, <laughs> no, Sorry, my children haven't got his sticker yet. Um, <laughs> so I reckon... That, you know what I was saying was that they there's this sort of perception oh well England will get through the group then we'll get through the round of 16 because we, we should have a relatively good draw and then it will either be Germany or Brazil and then we'll just lose in the quarter finals who knows there's going to be random results we might actually get a, a slightly better passage yeah. than we would be envisaging and who knows, you know, it's 90 minutes up against the Germans. Bosch will win yeah, on penalties.
0: Football's a low-scoring game. You never know what can happen. Exactly. Um, but it's quite a final touch on the nostalgia. I think a big part of it for us growing up was the sort of the soundtracks, the theme tunes. Mm. Ness and Dormer you mentioned, for yeah. Italia 90, uh, the three lines for Euro 96, and then the re- reprisal for 98, which maybe wasn't quite quite as uh, as memorable. But what's your favourite? We've just watched on, on sports, Sky Sports News, the Freddie Flintoff new song that's come out. What's your favourite football anthem related to world cups or euros whatever it might be i tell
1: you ed you you've got to hold and give and do it at <laughs> the right time <laughs> yeah you won't catch me you know you can be slow or fast but you must get to the line they'll always hit you and hurt you and you know defend and attack Still got it. but there's only one way to beat them get round the back <laughs> so I, I would say unequivocally it is world in motion Italia 90 and the best moment of that is the john barnes rap and john barnes as a former Watford player, and someone who I recently spent some time with on stage in a sort of a, a one-man show with him yeah. and, 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 and me on stage. Watford Fest. Or it did it you was talk about it, Liverpool. was uh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. No, but then we finished the night with him performing the the rally. rally, and he loves it, and he knows it obviously off by heart. But he wow. loves doing it, and he loves reveling in the nostalgia and I think we all do.
0: We certainly do. Quick word on nostalgia, uh, Tales From, Amazon for for those books, Sunderland, Norwich.
1: Yeah, Sunderland, Norwich, Watford, Leeds, more books to come in the next few years. Uh, If you're interested, go to www.talesfrom.com and you can find out uh, more details and then the various books are represented on on Twitter and then I'm I'm on there as well and I sort of, I link to them. So yeah.
0: Brilliant. Nostalgia, big business. Cheers, Adam.
1: (laughs) No problem.